The NBA suspends Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver for a litany of offenses, including racial and workplace. And the question now is the punishment enough? Should they do more? How does this impact the Phoenix Suns this upcoming season? We're going to talk about it right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Locked On NBA Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. This show has been with you Monday through Friday, every day of the offseason. We're still doing it. On Wednesdays, I am one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. This is a free, fresh podcast. We do them free every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And today, it's specifically about the Phoenix Suns. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. I know you're going to want to follow Locked On Suns for a lot of this coverage, but we're going to break down the punishment for Robert Sarver. Uh, there's, this is like a, a very serious, you know, we, we talk about frivolous stuff all the time about NBA basketball. We're going to save the on-court stuff for much later in the third segment. What Robert Sarver is being suspended for is multiple uses of the N-word, uh, language and uh, conduct demeaning of female employees, uh, jokes, off-color jokes, and demeaning and harsh treatment of employees. So essentially, Robert Sarver has said racist things. He's been uh, misogynistic in his treatment of employees, harsh in his treatment of employees, and uh, it's not a, a, a really enjoyable place to work. Jake, it's one-year suspension. It's a $10 million fine. It's the absolute maximum that the league can do under its rules. So let's just start with this. Is this punishment enough for Robert Sarver, in your opinion? In one sense, yes, right? As you said, it's the maximum that they can do. This is the biggest fine the NBA's ever leveled at an owner like this. And they, they, in theory, are doing everything they can short of taking more dramatic steps like kicking him out of the league. So if this is all that they can do without having this go to court or be something that takes a while, it just gets caught up and you got to go through processes and all of that, they're doing what they can. That said, no, there, there's no place for a person like Robert Sarver in the NBA. I feel very, very confident and comfortable in saying something like this. You know, and that's not even counting the fact that for years he was just a cheap, bad owner, and you can probably do better if you're the Phoenix Suns. But when you look at the list of things that they spelled out, right, in the actual, you know, the NBA put out a three-page statement. The actual report is how many pages? Like 43 pages. I have it over here uh, from the independent investigators to the National Basketball Association, Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. It is a 43-page, 42-page, really, and I'm not going to count the cover page report significantly <laughs> extensive uh, 320 individuals were interviewed and uh, provided information right like you know we love to talk about sample size in the nba they got a big one when it comes to this when it comes right. to him and some of the key findings on that first page of the note from the nba right on at least five occasions during his tenure he repeated the n-word okay 
He engaged in instances of inequitable conduct towards female employees, made uh, many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in inappropriate physical conduct towards male employees, right? And Mr. Sarver engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including by yelling and other things at them, right? It's a litany of things from so many people. And when you look at it like that, like, no, you know, if you're the NBA, you don't want someone like that owning this team. And so he goes away for a year. He gets fined 10 million. I did a quick Google search on Robert Sarver net worth. It came back with 800 million. It's probably worth more than that. That is 0.0 or it's like 1.25% of his net worth is what he was fined for something like this. He'll stay away from the team, but you get, guess what? They're good. They're going to generate profits and he'll still get the profits off of them. This is a slap on the wrist. This is no big deal to him. The thing is he's annoyed by this too, which is the funny thing, but yeah, it's just, no, it's not enough. There's, there's the unfortunate circumstance of there is no real punishment that the league can do other than taking away Robert Sarver's vanity project. The, the ownership of a pro franchise is strictly for an owner's, uh, it's, it's vanity It's is what it is. It's, and look, if I, if I had a, a billion dollars, would I love to buy an NBA team? I love basketball. Of course I'd love to own an NBA team. Uh, they might but, even get you one now, a billion. <laughs> I mean, I know that that could buy you into uh, yeah. a franchise, but not buy the whole thing. So the 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 sad fact is that the best that the NBA can do is just ding them a little bit. And the question that we like to play here, we like to do our real or fake. And the the real or fake is are is this the last we've seen? of Robert Sarver. Um, I'll go first. I still think, I think, yeah, I think this is actually the last we're going to see of Robert Sarver in the NBA. But this, I say that to, to make my point about this, not being enough of a punishment. He's going to, they're going to encourage him to sell his stake in the team and 35% of a $2 billion or $3 billion franchise is going to get him a ton of money. And Oh, poor Robert Sarver is going to have to go cry about, I don't own this team anymore. And all he's going to have is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to, to comfort him. So wiping your face with money. Right, right. Exactly. So I I think, I think the wheels are going to be in motion for Sarver to get out of the NBA because I still don't think the rest of the league wants that within a year. I don't think they're going to want that coming back. So I think they will gently nudge him out of the league, but, my problem is what everybody's problem is going to be. So he's going to sell his team. He's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Congratulations. You just got rewarded for using the N word willy nilly and, and mistreating your employees. Yeah. So I, I thought that at first too, right? Like this is such a bad look for him. He's going to be forced to step away. You know, he can't go anywhere near the team, can't be around the team, can't represent the team or anything. Like, he's basically excommunicated for a period of one year. You know, I wondered in the beginning, you know, maybe six months away, he's like, screw it. I just, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I'll sell the team and he moves on and everyone kind of ends up happy in the end. And look, he's going to get his money. You just got to kind of make peace with that. 
And then he put out some of these statements, right? And then you start to think about how he has regularly kind of pushed back on this. You remember when these allegations were first like coming out that it was like, oh, ESPN's doing the story. Then they put out the story. You know, the Suns made a statement and he was very fiery and like defending himself against everything. 12 of the 18 owners backed him. James Johnson, their GM backed him, right? Like everyone backed him. And then he put out a statement today that's in two parts, comes from his representatives and then it comes from him. And he's basically like, no, I did anything wrong. And you know what? It is what it is. And I was getting screwed here. So I had to take the punishment. And it's basically like, almost like I'll be back in a sense. Right. Yeah. You know, and if, if you notice in the, in the NBA statement, that three page one at the bottom, they have to put in, and this is something we can get into the next segment. And I think it fits more in there with what we want to talk about where it's like, Oh, yeah, they found he wasn't racist and he wasn't sexist because they legally can't prove any of that. And so I think he looks at this and is like, yeah, I know. It's just like, I think he looks at this and is like, nah, this ain't going to stop me because he could have then put out like contritious language or I don't even know if that's a word, but like uh, sounded more contrite in all of this. And, And he didn't. And so the fact that he didn't and he's so defiant when it's easy to be like, I screwed up. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to sell the team. I need to step away. And then you just fade into obscurity with your money and all of this bad press stops following you to a degree. He's not doing any of that. And he's pretty defiant and he's digging his heels in. And I, that leads me to believe that he wants to come back. Fair enough. Fair. I mean, that that's fair. Um, first of all, I think a, a lot of people backing a boss who is demeaning and abusive what were they supposed to do what are you gonna do what are you gonna you're gonna you're gonna sit there and be like oh yeah this dude i mean i can't tell you how many times he's dropped the n-bomb on us and uh who cares if he spells it with an a which was one of the points of like emphasis in in some of this oh he spelled it with an a like so what you're not if you're if you're out there asking the question oh he can use the n-word black people can use the n-word but i can't you're racist like, you're just wondering, why can't I use this word? You're racist. You can't tell me that you're not. If you're wondering for the excuse, and it doesn't matter if you're repeating it, doesn't matter. <laughs> just- so, so that's the thing, and I'll save it for the next segment. There, there's like a, a fact in the report about that that is so, it's like the, the, the gif, right? The meme, the mind-blowing thing, like the flames coming yeah. out the side of my face, one from the Clue movie, I think, that like... Some of this stuff in there leads me to question the NBA owners because those are the people that can expel him from this, right? They did it with Donald Sterling. It was Adam Silver saying, I'm recommending the owners kick him out and force him to sell. And they can do that by three quarters vote of NBA owners are allowed to do that to expel him and basically force a sale of his team. The fact that they're not doing that here is, is a little bit eye-opening in a sense, right? Silver doesn't have the power to do it. He can recommend it. He can bring it up to them. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that in this case. And I think a lot of what you're seeing from Sarver is just as bad as Sterling, if not more so in, in certain instances of things too, which begs the question of like, should they be doing more? Could they be doing more? I don't know. That's the, let's talk about that, that coming up next. That's the question that we're going to try to answer when we come back. First, I do have to talk about Bet Online which is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs, sports information this season. We just got through week one of the NFL. We're heading into week two, obviously college football, lots of people betting on that. You can find all your latest NFL college football league developments. 
matchups, news podcasts, including uh, whatever games are coming up next on the schedule. It's all right there because Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. That includes live betting, esports, scores, also MLB, obviously the NBA, uh, MMA, boxing, golf. It's all right there at the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. So head on over to betonline.net. You can use your mobile device if you'd like. You can learn more about the trends and action there. Bet Online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Let's dive back into answering the second part of this question, which this is so much more than a 30-minute or 35-minute discussion. But we started getting into this is the best that the NBA can do short of recommending owners kick him out. Now, I'll say the cynic in me says, well, the owners aren't going to recommend to kick him out over this because uh, off-color jokes and yelling at your employees, <laughs> they're going to have to kick all of us out. <laughs> like that. But yeah, like if, if we think that Robert Sarver is the only person affiliated with a team ownership group that has conducted him or herself in that ma- in this manner, uh, no. So I think what a lot of teams, and this is why I still think he's out, but I think they want to do it quietly. I think they are going to like, they're not going to make a big show. They're just going to say, all right, let's, this investigation could hurt a lot of us. Think let's just uh, give Rob the, Hey buddy, look, it's been a good run. You're going to make $300 million. You can still watch the games. Maybe in a couple of years, you show up in a luxury box. It's all good. Just let's, let's move on from there and, and, and be done with it. So two points with that. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, first and foremost, wouldn't it be better to do a big show about this, right? Everyone on Twitter and kind of talking about this is, is raking the league. Antonio Daniels, Pelicans broadcaster and friend of Locked On, works for Locked mm-hmm. On too, our, our expert, is furious saying this was a slap on the wrist, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the type of press you want if you're the NBA? When you have a league that's 80% black, wouldn't it be better to just come out and say, this is unacceptable, we are recommending that the owners remove you, and to take a stand like that? I'll take it a step further. Is this the kind of uh, inroads you want to make with an 80% black league where you've got a collective bargaining agreement to negotiate coming up? And all of a sudden, if I'm the players association, be like, um, excuse me, what yeah, happened that's to a all great our point. Black Lives Matter signage? Is that was that lip service? Because you told us it wasn't lip service, and now it feels like lip service. And now the next time something happens, because I hate to say it, something's gonna happen socially. It's inevitable the way things work nowadays. Something's gonna happen, and the players are gonna are gonna take a stand, and the yeah. league's gonna be like, "We stand behind you." And they're gonna be like, "You know what? It's gonna feel no, hollow. you don't. No, you don't." And this is gonna affect the team. Bu- this is gonna affect the league business. If I'm one of the more vocal leaders, and I know from covering the Celtics, Jalen Brown is one of them. So I'll use his name for an example. If Jalen Brown stands up and says, "Hey, Rob Sarver, you found out that he was doing all this stuff." And you didn't try to kick him out. You didn't remove that from the league. And now you want us to work with you so you can do your business? Like, no, we're not doing that anymore. I think that has a real risk down the line that the league needs to consider. Like, sometimes you got to drag entities kicking and screaming into doing the right thing. Yeah. But you that but that's what activism is. That's no, what totally. activism is. Uh, that's why, like, if they want to do it quietly, like – 
Sure. I don't think you need to, right? Zach Lowe made a couple real good points on ESPN and he mentioned yours, right? Like it feels like the onus is on the players right now to to do something more. And that's not who this should be on whatsoever. It should be on the other owners. It should be on Adam Silver to do exactly what he did with Donald Sterling, where he came out and said, I'm banning him for life or finding him whatever millions of dollars it was. And I'm going to recommend that the board of governors basically kick him out of the league. There's no reason they shouldn't have done this here. Now, there's more coming for Robert Sarver. We're, we're, we're focusing mostly on like the, the, the racism part of this, but there's a huge sexist uh, yes. component to this. Absolutely. And then just him being like a horrible boss, right? Like he has violated OSHA guidelines. He's violated like equal opportunity employment guidelines. There's things that the federal government can get involved in on this. And maybe the NBA is waiting for them to do that, to be like, okay, cool. Now that the government's here and you're accused of violating all this, we're going to get you out. The thing is they can get him out. Right. Like, what more do you need than this, than what he's done? You know, you mentioned how he said the N word five times. It says at least five times. And let's at be least. honest, this dude has definitely said it more than five times. There in the report, it says sometime in 2004, they he was told. Do not use the N word even when you are repeating someone saying it. So it's not like you're necessarily using it maliciously, but I should put that in quotes because you are, but he has been told don't do that. And he still did it repeatedly. That is 18 years ago. What, what more do you need? I remember at the Donald Sterling thing where Mark Cuban came out and was like, oh, this creates a slippery slope for people potentially then just taking away all of our teams and and forcing us. That's never happened, right? Like, right. how how much slipper, slipperier does the slope need to be to get rid of a dude like this who just doesn't have a place, not just in the NBA, but really anywhere? Right. So it goes back to the thing that you brought up earlier, which is why they phrased certain things at the bottom of that report, because legally you can't prove anything. And so just to briefly delve into the, the devil's advocate, as murky as this water may be, what you had with Sterling was documented, virulent racism where he very clearly was doing things directed towards people, right? He was on tape calling people certain things and and saying, this person is a so-and-so. And on top of that being like a slumlord who discriminated and very clearly had animus (laughs) towards, you know, minorities. We've all learned what that word means today. Yes. So, so Sarver can if we're looking just from the legal perspective and this is where the trepidation comes in from the league i think the legal perspective he can always just say i was repeat every documented instance of me saying that i was repeating something that somebody else said i didn't call anybody anything he has a there the report includes a long list of mitigating factors i say in quotes not for my what i say but with the report like their side what what um Sarver's side is saying, hey, look, we've got a tremendously diverse staff and I own the Phoenix Mercury and support the WNBA and I've I've stood up for this politically and, and so on and so forth. So the the that's where things get murky and where the league says, okay, you repeated it a bunch of times and you wondered why you couldn't say it in reference to you know whatever. And so it's technically different than what Sterling did. In a, and if if you're kicking somebody out of the league and subjecting yourself to a potential lawsuit, 
and you have to go to a courtroom and face a judge who you don't know who this judge might be in his or her political leanings. And you have to prove certain things. This is why I say quietly versus, you know, another reason why I say quietly versus overtly. Overtly, yeah, it makes sense. And, and we're all, this just came out today and we're all thirsty for blood. And the players, especially, I mean, I'm we're saying this and, and we're not black. Yeah. You know, so no, this, it, it doesn't hit us the same way as it hits for others. The players, right? So, mm-hmm. but I can also sit here and see where the league would be like, yeah, but legally there's, there's this line and we got to be careful dancing that line or else we open ourselves up to countersuits and all of this stuff. And that makes it so much uglier. So I wonder what the background discussions are between Adam Silver and Chris Paul and the other leaders of the, um, not only is Chris Paul, like, one of the leaders of the union, he's a member of the Phoenix Suns. Those discussions are, are very going to, are going to be fascinating to me. And I don't know if we'll ever, ever hear about it because I think Adam Silver has to say to these guys, like, yes, yes, yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you, but we don't know what the uh, legal standing that we have. We don't know what legal standing we have to, to, just boot them out of the league. And that's, that's just such an interesting, I think, part of this, this discussion and in the line where everybody's going to bring up Sterling and not a lot of people I, I think are, are like in, in the, in the beginning of this, not a lot of people are going to be just looking at that league legal line. The legal line is going to be where the issue is. So Jake, so this is a good time for us to take a moment uh, to come back and we'll talk about how this impacts the Phoenix Suns in just a minute because there is basketball to be played and we'll talk about that in just a second. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked on and bet online odds makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting September 19th. Is it Steph Curry? Is it Kevin Durant? LeBron? Giannis, Jokic, there are tons of names on this list. The top 50 most valuable players. This starts as a bonus right here in the Locked On NBA feed. You can find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts, right here on YouTube starting September 19th. Let's, we got Jake. We got Jake figured out. Uh, and so the Sarver stuff is going to be discussed ad nauseum. Every NBA podcast is going to be talking about the Sarver stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I suggest locked on sons, but I suggest uh, all of the, all of the podcasts with different perspectives because everybody's going to have an opinion. Um, and I think there's plenty of time to, to get deeper into this, but Jake, we're, we are an NBA podcast. He is the owner of the Phoenix Suns. They played through last season with all of this investigation going on in the background. They played through it. Camp opens up in a couple of weeks, two weeks in two weeks from today. Teams will be practicing, having their first full practices in their facilities. We know that the Suns are going to be asked this question. Question is, do they circle the wagons like they did last year and say, hey, it's done. He's out for the year. We're not talking about it. Or does this carry some impact onto the floor next season? Right? Like, this is going to dominate their media day. This is absolutely going to dominate their media day. And the first question to... 
No, the first questions to them are going to be, are you guys going to play? Are they going to boycott, right? That's what really set a lot of the Donald Sterling stuff. And that's the, the closest analogy we have. So we have to keep bringing it up, I think, right? The Clippers sure. were playing the Warriors in the postseason. And both teams were about to be like, we're not going to play the game. They weren't going to come out of the locker room. Like, <laughs> you got to see, are they going to play games? Or are they going to do something like that? And could it just be like a preseason game, let's say, and make it a little bit easier on the Phoenix Suns if that's the case? Um but yeah, we have to see if they're going to do that, right? You know, other than that, I think they can play through it. I think there's enough professionals there. You have Chris Paul there who's been around so much noise, his NBA career, the failed trade from the then New Orleans Hornets to the Lakers, and then being on the Clippers when all the Donald Sterling stuff was there, that if there's ever someone who can help get a locker room through all this, probably that guy, right? I, I, for, I just, for some reason, I forgot that he was part of that. Of course he was part of that team. Of course, um, right? So why, why do racist owners just follow? Why does Chris Paul on the racist owner tour of his career? It's just an unfortunate situation. But look, if there's someone who can do it, it's him. So I, in terms of the them playing on the court, right? Like they seem very committed to a guy like Monty Williams. They'll be just fine, I think. The interesting part is, okay, what do you do without your controlling governor in place to approve decisions and how is all of that going to look right? Like they've got an extension they need to figure out with a guy like Cam Johnson. They've been very reluctant to go deep into the luxury tax and do all of that is like whoever steps up going to be like, let's spend Robert Sarver's money here. I guess if you wanted to stick it to him, that's certainly a way to do it. Right? Like, if I were James Johnson right now, I'd give Cam Johnson like a max extension and be like, oh, it's already done here. What am I supposed to do? So I don't, there, there's some interesting things that impact them from like a salary cap perspective and how all of that's going to work. Well, there, there is a process of designating a new governor, which is the language now that is used uh, because somebody has to be the governor of the team who goes to the board of governors meeting and so on and so forth. Uh, I love that point that you're making about the how this impacts the the spending, because Sarver uh, owns about 35 percent of the team, according to this Phoenix Mag dot com article that I'm reading. It's the only the only place I've seen like a full breakdown of the ownership group. So 35 percent of the team makes him the majority owner. But that means there's still 65 percent of the team owned by however many other people that can make decisions and and we know how this works. You get a bunch of those, those folks together and form a coalition and they are now the driving decision makers. And so uh, I think there is a, a possibility of a shift in the, uh, their approach that, yeah, spend some money. Let's, let's do this. I'm sure maybe Deandre Ayton was, was hoping that this could have been done. Why didn't you guys kick him out? Like fly first. <laughs> I could have gotten my full extension. Like that's, that's, you know, but yeah, I, I think it's a good point. And, and this could impact, do they, do they sign somebody during the middle of the season or trade for somebody during the middle They've of the season? They've got some expiring deals. Are they going to look to add salary? Are they normally yep. allowed to add? If they weren't, might they do it now? Like there's a lot of open questions about them. And there's also the looming demise of Chris Paul, which as when he's on the floor, he's still point God. He just seems to be on the floor a little bit less. So th- there's there's already if we were if just if today was just the day that we we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, I would say there's all there's pressure on the Suns to win now because we don't know when Chris Paul is going to be done. Like he when his body's just going to give out and he's going to say that's I've had enough. So 
with that added pressure and Sarver kind of out of the way, does somebody come in and be like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's just let's let's make these moves to support Chris Paul. So it's interesting, right? Like you have to figure he will kind of designate a successor, right? He'll designate the next, let's call it interim governor for the for the year that he's away, assuming that he's going to come back. So you have to figure that we'll be on the same page and in some capacity, Sarver is still signing off on things, even if he's technically not allowed to do so. It'd be interesting if someone went completely rogue from him, but also Sarver, I guess, has an out to trade an aging Chris Paul if he wants and not get blamed for it and being cheap because technically it was the other person <laughs> that did it. Can you just imagine something like that? Like that, they're the sixth yeah. seed around the trade deadline. It's like, all right, I got I got the secret orders from Sarver to trade Chris Paul and now I'll be the fall guy for it. But hey, I got to run a team for a year. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's uh, weird to think about. So many different ways that this can go. Uh, interesting. Like it, it, this is super interesting, right? Like what does the league do? What is the impact on a franchise that is a title contender? This is not a rebuilding team. This is not a team that isn't good. This is a team that was in the finals two years ago. That was the favorite to go to the finals this past season. And, and so now you factor in what if Brooklyn's not great? What if things aren't working in Brooklyn? And now the Phoenix team that didn't have like that that wasn't going to put forth certain certain players or or whatever does a new governor in charge say hey you know what we you know I'm not I'm not going to secretly you know how do you secretly communicate is it is it some is it Snapchat does does Rob Sarver get on so those Snapchat Tom Brady burner phones about yeah, the football like so use those like, you know, like those little you know thumb you know thumbs or one or a two one trade them two keep them like what what is what is how does that work um I, I would say there's still whenever you have the guy out of the room there's the well what would he have said what do we think he would do or you know what he's not here let's just do it and deal with it when he comes back what's he gonna do yell at us then he's gonna get suspended again i don't know like maybe based on the report he's definitely gonna at least yell yeah i mean so everybody he comes back in and he's like you traded chris paul or you traded for this guy and i just pick up my phone and be like go ahead go ahead rob say something (laughs) go ahead rob what are you gonna say uh what's the decibel level i got a decibel decibel meter here too keep it below keep it below a certain mark I don't know. I, I think I think this the on the court product for Phoenix has at least the 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 chances have increased that they will do very non Phoenix moves. Um, yeah, you know totally. What? Especially when you've got um, guys in in power like James Jones and Monty Williams work well together. They're very good. James Jones is very good. Um, they know what they need. And if they see any opening to be like, this is our chance again, Chris Paul, like you, you got to win it now because yeah, I, I, I can't guarantee next year for Chris Paul. I can't guarantee this year for Chris Paul. You got to go for it now. I think if I'm those guys, there's a very strong kind of feeling of we caught a break that this happened now for this season, because now Rob's out of the picture. Let's just do, 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 go, 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 spend, spend, spend. And when he comes back, whatever, whatever happens, if we lose our jobs, we're probably going to lose our jobs anyway. But just let's go spend and go for it now. I think there's a real chance of that now and where there probably wasn't or it wasn't as big a chance before. 
Yeah, this sounds like everyone listening right now should go listen to Locked On Phoenix Suns with Brendan Clean, who's going to probably dive into all the specifics of that because there's a whole bunch of like branches coming off of this tree here, huh? So much, so much to talk about. I think Locked On Suns has moved uh, way up in my rotation of uh, podcasts, team, local team podcasts and local team experts that I'm going to be listening to on the Locked On Podcast Network. But we've got one for every single team including Jake's New Orleans Pelicans, Lockdown Pelicans, my Lockdown Celtics, the Boston Celtics title contenders this year as well. So if you're interested in either of our teams or any team in the NBA, this podcast on the network for you. We here in the Lockdown NBA podcast are here for you five days a week with rotating hosts. It's a great time, great way to cover the league, I think, if I do say so myself. So on Wednesdays, it's us, it's me, it's John Corrales, uh, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast on Twitter, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. I'm on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. It's everywhere podcasts exist. It's free. It's daily. It's on YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube. Ring the bell on YouTube. Make sure that you're leaving comments on YouTube. Tell us what you think. Should the NBA have been able to do more? What do you think this does for the Phoenix Suns? It's all there on the YouTube comments. Thank you so much for making Lockdown NBA part of your daily routine and make sure you share the podcast. Tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.